six Stoke City players in the championship. Oh, no, that was terrible. That's too many words. <laughs> I think just I was, leave this bit. I was, I was going to do, I was trying to do six, six Stoke players in the championship team of the week 11, but that is terrible. Anyways, uh, <laughs> this is the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Uh, I'm Tom. And George has joined me, so uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have some statsy stuff because it's us two. How are you, George? Yeah. Are you basking in the joy of Alex Neal's new future? Absolutely. I, this is still the intro, isn't it? Yes, I think. Okay, so at the end of this, we can just say the episode number, and it'll all rhyme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everything rhymes anyway in 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 this world. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I'm doing pretty well. I'm I'm very happy with Stoke, and that's a strange and confusing place to be. It is. It, it really is confusing. I I have like warned family members about Stoke's brilliance, and me not really being able to have the sort of emotional capacity to actually deal with that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the reason we're all feeling so good is because. Um, after the international break where Stoke had sort of gone into in, in some decent form, playing some very good football that we were all very excited with, uh, Stoke had politely romped home to a 4-0 away win at Coventry, who are playoff chasers. And it appears that we have, we've rekindled our love for um, ruining team seasons when we don't have much to play for. What did you take away from Saturday, George? Um, happiness. I think I could leave it at that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just, I, I spoke to on a Coventry thing before the game on Thursday night. And half of me was thinking, yeah, we could absolutely do these here. This would be great. We can carry on what we've been doing. Um, and the other half of me was thinking we've had too many nice things. And so it's obviously going to end now because it, it can't carry on. Um, and then it, and then it carried on and, like four nil flattered them, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. I don't. I've never ever. I don't think whilst watching Stoke seen an XG of four in a game before. No, that I, I was just about to say that yeah. it's rare for a team to underperform their XG when they score four goals. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think happened. like any XG above three is pretty rare generally. Anyway, so it, it I, was yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty perfect and um, just totally counter to what we are used to in the sense of, you know, international break when you've been on a good run of form, you come back, things are often a little bit slow to get going, slow to get back into the rhythms that you might have had before. Nope, none of that, just sort of the first 15 minutes, Stoke very much had three pretty significant chances could have scored all of them um, and blew Coventry away a little bit, I think. And, and Coventry really never found their footing again in the game, which considering that the sort of their team in pretty good form price playing us is, um, it's just a testament to how good this team is at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be fair, if you'd listen to the Coventry commentators, they were all over us in that second half with our defence. I can't remember what was the word in like, all over the place or something like that. But yeah, I mean, what was their their best chance was that that Gyokera's one maybe that deflected across to him. I don't I don't really think they created very much at all. And even if they did, it certainly wasn't anything like what we did. I no. just yeah, I'm kind of a bit gobsmacked that 
we're doing things that make sense and they're working. Yeah, it it just does seem like a team who are totally um in tune with each other. Uh, shouts for standout performers. Um, I mean, obviously, take your pick from any of the. I think I've seen seven Stoke players in the various teams of the weeks that different sources post up. Um, but someone who hasn't been included, and I'm including purely for aesthetic or like the opposite of aesthetic region reasons, is Jack Bonham for however he saved that Yokarez tap in from the rebound because. Yeah. His body seemed to be entirely behind where it should be. He was the wrong way round, and then he just just sort of flicked it away with his hands nonchalantly. Um, was he taking the piss? I think um, he might have been. Yeah, possibly. I mean, the first time I watched it, I my first thought was if he hadn't saved that, I would have been furious. But then I did watch it back and go, okay, actually, no, that is a really good save. Fair play. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I don't know. Just it's a weird one because again, speaking to Coventry fans, I was saying they asked me about the goalkeeper, and I was like, "Well, I think we have one, sort of." But then somehow we've both stopped shots going at him, and also he's made a couple of really good saves in recent weeks. It's just... yeah, it does actually seem like we've come back from the um, the injury to to Sarkic, um and 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 given Bonham the most support any Stoke team has yeah. ever given a goalkeeper for for a significant period of time, um, so that he could come in and not feel massively under pressure, and have to be yeah. sort of getting straight to the top of his game at the start. I think something that struck me after the game was, I think you said it on the last pod, uh, and if you didn't, apologies for um, outing things you've said in private. Uh, you said that that a lot of the times teams, opposite teams fans in this run of form have said, uh, oh, you know, we were off our game today and how that's actually perfect yeah. for what Neil's trying to do. I don't even think commentary fans have been saying that. They've just all sort of been like, <laughs> yeah. yep, they were just considerably better than us and probably one of the best teams we've seen players for a long time. Yeah, and I think that probably depends on the kind of the fan base that we're talking to. You know, Middlesbrough were much more of the opinion that they were off it on the game, which, you know, kind of makes sense for a fairly kind of, you know, they consider themselves to be nearly at that Premier League precipice, I imagine. So it kind of makes sense. But yeah, just the fact that pretty much everyone we've played, none of them have said we did well, but Stoke were better kind of thing. It's just we've stopped teams from playing. And yeah, I'm not, it's such a massive turnaround in, you know, what, 10 weeks? 10 games maybe even mm-hmm. and That's I think crazy, really. I think something me and you definitely pay attention to is sort of the the underlying trends and stuff like that and those numbers are I had a look at your uh your ex your running xg um last night and bloody hell I mean we're sort of yeah. averaging an, an, an xg difference over 10 games of one at the minute which yeah to put into perspective means we're we're creating chances a whole goal better than what we'd concede um based on sort of the the quality of chance which is it's a team who are going to get automatic promotion if you keep that up for a season and and even then you're doing much better than most of those sort of teams really do yeah absolutely that's kind of the thing we've had you know we've had moments before where we've looked really really good for a, a few weeks 
weirdly enough, I was looking back over some old, really old XG data and the Stoke Alona period, we were pretty pretty hugely overperforming actually on XG in that period. It wasn't necessarily as sustainable as we might have thought in terms of the XG numbers, but this time it's just all the underlying metrics are saying, you know, we're not just winning 5-1 and 4-0 because we've scored some goals that we wouldn't normally score. We're we're deserving to win games 5-1 and Um, Mm 4-0. And weirdly enough, in one of the toughest months that we've had so far, you know, everyone was going into March thinking oh, fuck, we're going to do well to get five points here. And we've come out of it with, I don't know, more than that, whatever we've got. Four wins, I think, or three wins and two draws. Yeah. Something along those lines. It, it does seem that there's been such a turnaround since I think it was the um, Sheffield United loss, yeah. where I think that was the last time we saw Neil Star game with a back three. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I feel like having been at that game and remembering the feeling after of that was the game when everyone suddenly sort of looked at the league table and looked at how we'd played recently after the World Cup and thought, ah, this this could be us pointing in a different direction. But but after that, we'd sort of switched to the to the 4-3-3 we play at the minute. Um, and I mean, just, just haven't looked back. And I think it passes the eye test as well. Something you could, yeah. I thought was really present in the Coventry game, especially again, because of that international break. Um, it was a little bit shocking to see how confident the players are to yeah. both um, build how Neil wants us to build, sort of playing balls straight into feet and then, Often the wingers are getting the, the ball in wide areas and just taking a touch straight into small bone or, or backs to the, to the fullback. And everything is very, done at very high um, intensity, both in possession and out of possession. And I thought Coventry is probably the first time we've really controlled a game in possession more so. Yeah. Um, I think Neil said that as well. He said that he was quite impressed with our in possession where we'd, normally we're fine when we don't have the ball, we keep a good shape, we, we press high, and, and when that press is broken, we fall back into a nice block. But um, it's just... It, it, I, I, I don't quite know how to talk about this because we've been doing this podcast for longer than I care to think, and it's rarely felt this positive. <laughs> I I, yeah, I mean, even kind of... You know, we've had those kind of starts of seasons where it's felt really good. Maybe maybe twenty was it twenty twenty was maybe the most positive and we couldn't really enjoy it because no one was at the ground yeah. uh, for any of that so yeah it's it's a strange one I think like you say the bit that got me was the Blackburn game where they were pressing high and we kept playing through it and that at that point I was like okay right I get it all I'm on board fair play um and yeah you're watching players who couple of months ago we're taking four touches to control the ball suddenly you know jack bonham was standing on the ball and baiting a press against coventry who does he think he is <laughs> playing for brian what? exactly <laughs> I was like, what on earth are you doing and then he baited the press perfectly and like slid a pass into twins uh to wilmot or something um it's crazy that the, the confidence is definitely a big thing i think the reading game despite it not particularly being a brilliant performance we were just better than them and we got four goals I think that probably proved to the players that sometimes when we're good we can win even if it's by accident or off someone's arse it does happen <laughs> and then yeah you just 
you kind of get that run of games where things set up fairly well for us. The the Blackpool game was annoying and unfortunate. The Swansea game, I think, was the perfect game for us to play at that point because no one went into it particularly confident, but they were the perfect team to kind of prove that this new pressing unit could work and show the players almost that what they were doing was worth doing. Um, and then, yeah, it just you get the Blackburn game for us in possession. You get the Norwich game where we, despite not scoring, we broke down a, a mid-block that was pretty sturdy really well for 90 minutes. Yeah, it's just you kind of wonder where it's going to explode, but hopefully it won't. <laughs> well, and, and and I guess the thing that we can say, I, I mean, hopefully reassuringly, is that the numbers aren't, aren't, yeah. aren't suggesting that we're just on a really good vein of form. It does sort of suggest that we have found a new system and way of playing that will constantly create good chances for us and minimise the opposition having those. So, you know, let's keep everything crossed that that sticks how it is. Um, yeah, you listed absolutely. some of our, of some of our nice games in um, the, the, the run that we've had uh, in this sort of revival under Alex Neal. And um, we tweeted that earlier uh, this weekend to ask people and, and you did miss out what sort of been been picked as everyone's favorite game which is obviously the 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 Sunderland yeah. win both in terms of um things that happened prior to the game with little digs being thrown things that happened immediately after the game with Mowbray making a dig about Stoke not playing um with the ball um if anyone wants to know what Sunderland's average possession was this weekend it was 22 percent we're not bitter. Um, and then Neil's perfect little comment um, after after the win after that to just say, oh, not too bad for a team who don't play with the ball. Um, and something that happened since we last podded was the uh, Q&A that the club did. Yeah. Um, I think I think we, we probably all agree that it's a good initiative to have people speaking. And I certainly enjoyed hearing people say things. Obviously, these things are kind of fluff pieces a little bit. Obviously, we're not going to get the, the entire inner workings of the club presented because we want to paint everything in a good light. And they've probably done it to run off this nice run of form, which, I mean, anyone's going to do it sensible PR stuff. But Neil's comments, I thought, about that Sunderland game were quite interesting that he sort of took took himself out of the picture a little bit. He said, ultimately, I didn't do anything different. I didn't give any different team talks. I didn't ask the players to do anything for me. They all just sort of, you know, are a bit more tuned into fans probably now with social media and knew, knew sort of some of the things that were going on. And it was just exciting um, to have them react to that and, and give him what, what he probably deserves for the work that he's put in so far. Was there anything else that came out of that Q&A that you thought was particularly interesting? Um, I was a bit scared when Ricky Martin said, we've hired a data analyst. <laughs> and my first thought was, we surely already have a data analyst. I think we we definitely do. By I think, yeah, Neil, Neil did say prior to that at some point about <laughs> having a data analyst department. So yeah, I think we I do was have just a, a few. <laughs> yeah, thank God for that. But yeah, no, I thought it was really good. I think you're right that Alex Neil came off the best. Um, of all of them, which probably makes sense. I don't, you know, Ricky Martin can't really say very much about what he's been doing because, you know, we don't want to tip off other teams to to what we're trying to do and specifics about things like that. Um, and then, yeah, yeah John Coates kind of said his usual pieces <laughs> so, about yeah. FFP and stuff. My family and very rich and we give us lots of money and we don't like yeah. that we're not allowed to do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and no one else has to deal with it, though. 
<laughs> no, no one That's else is trained by FFP. Yes. It is just purely to get stake. Uh, although, in fairness to him, and I do like the pernicketiness of this, he did pull up right at the start, and I, I would have preferred it if he did it every single time. That actually, we're not talking about FFP. We're talking about um, profit and sustainability. sustainability. Yeah. Different yeah. rules. Completely <laughs> different. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it was it was a nice thing. Um, obviously, uh, Wadpod Nemesis. Uh, Ben Rowley asked a nice question and got a bit of a death stare, so that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was was interesting that we talked quite open and candidly in that uh, and about Ricky Martin saying we've looked at everyone else in the championship and we think we're probably going to have a competitive budget next season. I mean, call me cynical, but I just see that as being a message to other clubs who we might be interested in their players to say, "Yeah, go on then, stick stick the price up a little bit. We will pay more because." We've got more money yeah. to spend in the rules and whatever, but you know, maybe they've made a, a decision that that's a that's a that's a balance and risk worth taking to keep us fans happy. Are you saying we'll have another eighty million pound team? <laughs> I don't want to see another eighty million pound team in the championship. <laughs> I just think I'd be so certain that that wouldn't work and everything would go wrong immediately. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it would. Uh, yeah, I I'd be surprised if we do have anything more than a competitive budget um in reality i was speaking today with some people on twitter about where it's maybe best to spend that and i don't know people coming up with key for more and things like that i just like i can't see where we can spend more than like two or three million maybe on one player Mm. um and in all likelihood that's probably going to be ben pearson i think that'll be our record sign in for this window and then that'll be you know the rest might be two or one million maybe yeah without um, without digging up the whole transfers conversation it does seem again like there's been more noises from the club um just sort of saying that we're very happy with a lot of the loan players we have and we want to sort yeah. of try and keep that unit together uh, which I think is is a good thing, and more and important. From Josh Laurent as well. I was well. just about to yeah. say from the <laughs> the Twitter's greatest poster, Josh Lauren, uh, with his lovely little um, video clip to encourage Dujon Sterling to sign a contract. When you presume if he's telling him to sign a contract, there's a contract in front of him. So we'll see. You'd hope so. You'd, You'd hope, hope so. so. And you know, shout out to Josh Laurent as well for replying to my uh, my post. Oh, the blog post I put up. He put a little love heart and a handshake thing so there you one go. step closer to him being my best friend <laughs> i think josh Lauren is all of our best friends i, I think, think you're right i think yeah. i think he'd be yeah. happy with that title uh, i was actually sad but that he <laughs> i was sad <laughs> that he wasn't captain uh because he's my new favorite captain but in fairness to phil jackie Halka, i suppose you should, probably should have yeah. the captain's arm band on your 800th uh career appearance Birthday. Yeah, <laughs> possibly also birthday. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'd be careful saying stuff like that. He could run to your house and find you. He probably could, couldn't he? he it was tired. a weird one as well because that was another thing we got from Coventry's commentators was I, they constantly were saying, "I can't believe Stoker leaving only two centre backs back for the two Coventry forwards," and I thought I could believe it because they one haven't had a touch for like the entire game. <laughs> I know, um, you know. and uh, it's something Neil spoke about as well. It's um, again falls back to the to the confidence point that this team is now so sure in the way that they're playing that they're happy yeah. to leave 
two strikers up against two defenders. And let's remember one of those strikers is sort of across this season and last season, one of the most prolific strikers in the championship. And we're just not that fussed about it anymore. It's it's, it's just really fun. Yeah. And even more so than that, he's a striker who basically does everything himself. You know, he's not <laughs> a striker who's a poacher in the box or anything. He's He does everything for Coventry, effectively. Yeah, it was incredible. I just... That bravery to go, you know, we've got that kind of front three press to have the little unit and then everyone else is just man to man. Um, and I think against Brighton was the the big sort of, you know, they didn't have a lot of great chances for a side as good as Brighton. And we were going man to man the whole time. Um, and it's so brave and it's brilliant. Fair play to Alex Neal because I didn't anticipate that he would be a brave manager from the first few months of what we watched. No, yeah, it definitely does seem that he's 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 got a squad of players who I think he trusts more now yeah. than maybe he did at the start. And I thought that that Brighton game is another good example of something that it's sort of fingers crossed we get to see more of as 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 time goes on with Neil. Of I think we we came out at the start of that game quite um uh, not necessarily pressing as aggressively and then conceded. And instead of sort of allowing self-doubt to build within the players and, and everything, that was the that was the the, the trigger for, for Neil going fine. When they're building from the back, man for man, deal with it. Be confident, yeah. do yourself. And actually got us back into the game and stopped sort of Brighton from doing all of their their nice build-up stuff that they they quite like doing. Um yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's been discussion about whether or not Stoke could make the playoffs. I think it's probably five games too late. I think someone said yeah. at some point if there was five games left of the season that that their money would be on Stoke to make the playoffs. And, you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. This is sort of a good run of games, five good results but probably performances being a bit longer than just five games being good. Are we going to be good now? Is this a thing? Every single bone in my body and every brain cell in my head is shouting the word no (laughs) simultaneously. But yes, everything's (laughs) going to be fine forever. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Everything I is think. coming up Millhouse. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose the big thing people have been saying is that it depends on the loanees and who we sign because obviously this is a bit of a different squad um, to what we might see after summer. But at the same time, I don't, you know, if we've got such a principled style of play, you see the major players in that team that are doing well in, you know, Campbell, Laurent, Wilmot. We've got a spine already of our own players. Um, I don't see why it can't continue. But at the same time, we go into next year and everyone's going to play 10 at the back against us. So it'll be a very different proposition, I imagine. Yeah, I think I think that's that's arguably two of the, the big things that are perhaps suggesting that it might be a little bit too soon. Is A, just the stokeness of it all. We, we, whilst we haven't been in this position before where we've been on such a good run of form and everyone's looking at us saying, wow, this team is playing some incredible football and are, are great to watch. Um, we are used to things going wrong and they do tend to go wrong 
agonizingly spectacularly uh and and secondly um yeah that that idea that we are no longer the plucky mid-table team who are bloodying the noses of teams fighting for the playoffs we will have to be breaking down uh, teams who sit back we will have to be winning wars of attrition uh, or finding ways to to you know not get drawn into a war of attrition and just actually stick to our principles i think we've probably got a good run of games now to check that um yes i mean absolutely. it's starting with bristol and birmingham sorry bristol city and birmingham um of teams who aren't sort of of the caliber of teams we've been doing quite well against and i don't mean that to disrespect them i genuinely feel that they may have more chances of beating us because whilst we were clinical in the sense we scored four goals against Coventry, we should have potentially scored more if you look at sort of the the value of chances that we created um so it will be interesting and probably gives us some good pointers for next season and yeah maybe points us in the direction of what we might need for next season yeah and i think actually in that sense if if dwight gale is still injured i think i'm actually quite excited about nick powell in that role again against that kind of team um He's no, by no means an actual proper target man, but you know he's quite well known for being in good positions in the box and getting on the end of things and and being tall and probably, good at heading. Yeah, and that's probably something we've not really done well this season. You know, I remember Blackpool, the amount of crosses we put into whatever five foot minus one Dwight Gale. Um, yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he carries on with that even when Gale is back, but. I, I think yeah, again, I the, the the positives of potentially looking forward is is what Neil's trying to do, such as what he's done with Powell and with other players. Um, for example, Brown and Campbell being yeah. utilised as as a, a right and left winger with their as in in, the, in a modern sense, their foot on the wrong side. Yes, um, yeah. and and what he's made work with that, he seems like he is potentially trying to 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 look through the squads give people chances who might be here next season or at least give them the chance to show why they should be here next season um, yeah. and i guess his transfer business has been whilst it's only sort of one window and a, a, and a dujon sterling loan it's been very good i feel we haven't had a, a group of loan players who have become so central to to how the team plays uh for quite a period of time yeah definitely and i you know you know even even selena as a kind of loney who hasn't really had a chance you can still see the reasoning behind that um and you can still see even where he might fit in next season if we do take up the option um you know you've got a full season of games 40 46 games you're going to need all types of different players to be able to move things around. And I think something Alex Neal said all over the time he's been Stoke manager is, I don't want to just do one thing. You've got to be flexible. Uh, you've got to be able to change things up. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how many of those loanies sign and kind of on top of that, what we then start aiming at in terms of other players. Yeah, it will be interesting. Um I think the only other thing we could probably potentially talk about is 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 just quickly to touch on Josh Timon not being in the team. 
And again, I don't want this to just become an Alex Neil loving, but we aren't playing our best player, arguably, in the championship, and we keep getting really good results. It's a bit weird. Yeah. I, I actually, do you know what? It's quite a good one for me because I don't think we'll be able to sign Hoover. Um, personally, I'm guessing. I've got no inside knowledge. Um, and I actually think time and coming back on the left might be a really, really good option um, with Sterling on the right if he does stay. So it's exciting to know that, you know, we're not with with people like maybe Ben Pearson. If we don't sign Ben Pearson, we have to find someone from somewhere who can do that role. Um, If we don't sign Hoover, I think we've probably got someone who can play that kind of attacking, creative uh, fullback role already in the squad. Yeah, pretty much. And do you think he potentially is missing out at the minute just because of the nature of Campbell being out on that left wing and being asked to provide a lot of the width? You don't sort of want two yeah. left-footed, more overlappy players playing. Yeah, exactly that. Sterling's been kind of he's he's come forward a little bit, but he's been more kind of that defender that tucks inside um, and protects the defense a little bit more. Campbell going on the outside and getting the cutbacks that apparently have become a specialism of his now. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens then when Campbell, because I still feel like he will move over to the right. Um, it'll be interesting to know what happens with time and when Campbell does do that. You know, whether we end up getting two wingers who are more playing in the half space, like what Jacob Brown's doing, and kind of trying to get on the end of things in the box, um, or whether we end up with a time and pushing far wide left and then maybe a Selena even or a Selena type player dropping a little bit deeper to create. Yeah, it's just all fun because I, I don't know what he's going to do, but I have the feeling that what he's going to do is going to make sense. Yeah, I was literally Which just is about a really to say, rare yeah. feeling. Yeah. That was that was the point I was going to end on. I was going to be, well, really, uh, this is the first time in a long time, I think even under O'Neill, there was little pangs of doubt and a, a potentially a lot of the trust was built off of a really good period in 2020. Yeah. Whereas I now just genuinely feel like Alex Neal has good ideas, fun ideas, uh, and has players who have bought into that. And it's, it's a really good yeah. place for us to be as a club and is nice. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's a bit annoying that it's taken maybe a couple of weeks longer than than might yeah, have been. But, but, best some, for us, but some of us, some of us never doubted George. Some of us have been firmly uh, card carrying, paid up members of the Alex Neal is the second coming uh, club for for quite some time, and have had to sit here on this podcast holding <laughs> their tongue. Whilst the naysayers and the heretics sat here <laughs> talking about the horrible things, but you know what? I I think I think the key tenant of Alex Neilism is forgiveness, and we can find it in our hearts to forgive those who doubted the true path. I'm incredibly annoyed that all of my previous ramblings are on record. I could, <laughs> I could have pretended I'd been along for the ride the whole time as well. Uh, well, I mean, you still can. This is the Wizards <laughs> of Dribble podcast. We operate very similarly to uh, the the <laughs> Soviet states, and you know, permanent records can be changed. Perfect. Well, there you go. Then I've always been on his side. <laughs> exactly. Excellent. 
And I, I think that is a perfect thing to uh, end on. So I hope everyone at home has enjoyed this and are also um, changing their records and, and permanently stating how happy they have been with Alex Neal ever since he came in to the club and will be for the future. We hope carry on being good, Stoke. It's nice. Yeah. Is there anything else you need to tell the listeners about? Um, do you know what? We've got another question. Another question of the week. Now, this one is a bit of a weirder one. I will be honest. I have started to run out of ideas. So, would you rather only be able to urinate once a week or only be able to defecate once a month? There you go. I think the silence speaks volumes. (laughs) I, I, I need a week to think about that question. Well, there you go. Yeah. Answers in the a... comments, please. Yeah. Everyone, please do actually let us know that the the, the answer to this question of the week. Uh, and I guess you might hear from us at some point after Easter, during Easter, who knows. But we are promising that we're trying to be more regular because Stoke are good. So we should yes. get in. While more regular than the hypothetical bowel movements of the question. An imaginary question. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially, depending on which side you pick. Oh yeah, it could actually not be <laughs> It that, could actually but... be less regular. <laughs> more, less, or the same regular <laughs> as the hypothetical question we've just asked that doesn't actually exist. Yeah, a- a- addendum to the question of the week. Tell us how much, how how regular you'd like the podcast to be relative to your answer <laughs> about your bowel movements. Would you rather there be a more regular podcast than bowel movement <laughs> or a more regular bowel movement than podcast or the same? All the same. All the same. Maybe the they'll same be is together. Sure. There could be. I mean, that would be fitting if you picked one of the answers as well. <laughs> Good work, everyone. <laughs> oh, so I think we've solved, uh, you know, the entirety of uh, Stoke on Trent's bowel movements this week. And uh, clearly have established on record that Alex Neal is the greatest thing since sliced veg. So um, I guess all that's left is to to say go on Stoke? No, to not say go on Stoke. Dave last time went to say go on Stoke and, and then, and then himself, remembered that that has yeah. stopped and we've been good since it stopped. So I've done the same thing because we've been good since that as well. So I think I've covered all bases. Thank you for listening.